How's everyone doing this morning? Enjoying the long weekend vibes? No? Wow. Don't let, uh, don't let the higher-ups hear about that. They'll take them away from us. But uh, if we haven't met before, my name is Ryan. I'm part of the, the staff team here, and it's, it's, it's great to, to be gathered in the room. Welcome online, wherever you might be. As John mentioned, maybe you're at the beach. Maybe you're in an Airbnb. Maybe you're asleep, watching in your sleep. I don't know. Is it a dream? Is it not? I'm not sure. But it's good to be here. And uh, we are continuing uh, in the Gospel of Matthew. For those of you who have been uh, tracking with us, it's been great being on this reading plan. We're even just talking this week as a, as a staff, what it's been like to just be all reading the same thing at the same time and kind of being able to discuss uh, different bits and pieces that, you know, and, and I, I love being in a conversation uh, with John and, and hearing what he got out of the same chapter that I read that might have been different to how I read something. And so it's just been great being on that journey. I encourage you, if you're not, it's not too late to, to jump on board. Uh, we're somewhere in the 20s now, which is good. So uh, I'd encourage you to jump on that and, and continue uh, reading through. But we are looking uh, today at a, a few verses out of uh, Matthew 21. And uh, this is kind of where we're, we're up to, which is it's getting to the pointy end for Jesus now. It's getting to the, to, to the end, coming towards the end of his, his ministry. We're not quite there yet, but we're, we're approaching, uh, you know, Jesus going to the cross. And uh, the, the thought I kind of just wanted to kind of start us off with, and I don't know if this has happened to you before, but I, you know how you kind of just have things that kind of just pressure buttons, you know, like if you're in the elevator, there's things that kind of just, you know, one of the things for me that will push all of my buttons is if I go to, say, a cafe, now this would never happen at our cafe because it's, it's brilliant, I mean that, but you know, you, you, you maybe you're driving past and you, you see there's a, a cafe or a, a restaurant open and the lights are on, and, and according to Google, it might be open and so hours might vary, you know how it says that, you're like, will it be, won't it be, but the lights are on, there's kind of staff in there, and you, you kind of go up to go in, and you, you give the door a little pull, and it's, it's locked, and then all the staff, like, immediately look down, and, like, start wiping stuff, or, or maybe you go to the, the drive-thru at McDonald's, if you, you do that, and, you know, maybe it's a little bit into the evening, and you fancy a McFlurry, or, or some kind of a dessert, and you go to the thing, and you drive in, and then there's a car wedged behind you, so there's nowhere to go, and you order your ice cream, and what happens, they say, Sorry, the ice cream machine's broken. Is it broken? Is it actually broken? Or do you just not want to reclean it because you thought you were going to get out? I reckon it's happened less since McDonald's. It's become 24 hours, although I haven't bought an ice cream from there in a while. I don't want to take the gauntlet anymore. Then you've got to do the drive of shame, right? Like you're stuck in there and you can't reverse out, so you are like got to go through. And then at that point, I get a little bit stubborn, like my buttons have been pressed. I'm, like, I'm not ordering anything else. Like I came here for an ice cream. Like, you can have a Coke. I'm like, I don't want a Coke. I want an ice cream. You can have a burger. I'm like, hmm. No. I wanted an ice cream. You're not getting anything. But there's that overwhelming experience of, like, disappointment, I guess, that you're like, it wasn't what I thought I was going to get. Thought I was going to be able to go. The lights were on. I saw the big M. I didn't even want an ice cream, but I saw the lit up lights. So I drove in, and I've lucked out. You know, in Matthew 21, 18 to 22, Jesus has a similar experience to this. And it says this, early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it and found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. 
How did the fig tree wither so quickly? They asked. Jesus replied, truly, I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what is done to the fig tree, but you can also say it to this mountain, go and throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Now I went through the drive-thru and I cursed the ice cream machine. And it didn't work. Now, you know, you see this picture of Jesus and he, he, he's early in the morning, he's hungry, he sees a fig tree, he thinks, I could go a fig. I personally don't. Do we have any fig fans in there? Like, oh, what, is, what is wrong with you people? They just look wrong. Like, anyway, Jesus sees a fig tree. So in my mind, he must have been hungry, right? If you're hungry enough to go pick a fig off a tree, you must be hungry. He sees a nice leafy fig tree, goes up to it. What does he find? Just leaves, no figs. So in this moment, I look at Jesus and go, man, he just must have been hangry because he's cursed the tree. For those of you not familiar with the term hangry, it's when you're hungry, but you get so hungry, you become angry, so you're hangry. And it looks like Jesus is hungry and just lashes out at the tree. May you never bear fruit again and it withers. You know, when you, you look into this, it's not even fig tree season, but he sees leaves and thinks, oh, that fig tree. You know, it's like the lights are on in the cafe. I don't know if it should be open. I don't know if it shouldn't be open. But it looks appealing to me, so I'm going to go. And it's not what it seems. You know, I always used to read this story growing up and go, it's, it's okay to be angry when you're hungry. Jesus did it. I can do it. <laughs> Best way to twist scripture. That's not what's happening here. Jesus isn't just hungry, so then he lashes out at the tree. He's with his disciples. You know, it's not even really fig season, but he sees the tree, he sees the leaves on there and thinks, wow, there's leaves, it's growing, there's life, there could be fruit. But what he's doing with his disciples here is he's taking them, it's almost like, a, a, a re, like an enacted out parable is what I'm calling this. That you look through chapter 21 as a whole, sometimes you can read these little stories and if I just read those few verses, I go, it's okay to be hangry. In fact, if I go somewhere and it's not as it seems, Jesus says, curse it, then believe it and you'll receive it. You can do things like that. Oh, cool, he cursed the fig tree, I can curse the ice cream machine. The kitchen of the cafe that wasn't open, I can, it's an excuse for me to kind of, but the reality in 21, what, what Jesus is trying to communicate to his disciples is that the biggest problem with the, the people that he's spending time with and working around with, particularly the religious leaders, what I kind of love out of Matthew is, and Dan, you sent this to me the other day, like chapter 23 is like a bad day to be a Pharisee. And if you're a disciple or a religious leader, Jesus is like ruthless. In fact, if you're a sinner, he's like way kinder than he is to someone who should know better, if you will. Someone who knows the truth, the disciples that are walking with him, being mentor. He's like harsh on them, does not hold back. But yet to the people who sometimes the religious leaders were harshest on, he's kindest too. In fact, he was more interested in spending his time with people technically maybe he shouldn't than people that were expected to spend time with Jesus. And I don't think he does this because he's a harsh man or he expects better or there's none of that. But there's this idea of, you know, as, as people of faith, there should be this growth that we see happen. And chapter 21 kind of starts off with the great kind of, you know, the palms laying down, Hosanna, you know, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. People are celebrating Jesus. Then he goes to the temple and there's a bit of dishonest work going on. So once again, Jesus goes in and he like clears out the temple. Then we get to this point where I think he just stops and he's, I'm going to teach my disciples a lesson here. And that lesson is that you can have leaves in your life. You can have 
the, the, the look of growth. You could have, look like you've got it all together. You could look like, like some of the religious leaders do. You could know the, the Bible inside and out. And it looks like there's leaves there. Looks like there's growth. But upon closer inspection, actually there's no fruit. And what Jesus is kind of pointing out here is the, the bigger picture of, of what's going on. There's all these people that have all these leaves. They know the lingo. They know the talk. They go to temple. They obey all of the rules. But there's a lack of spiritual fruit in their life. And I believe it's because they're missing a few things here. The first one Jesus kind of says here is have faith. He says, if you have faith, you could do the same thing to this fig tree. In fact, he says, you could grab a mountain and throw it into the sea. Now, yeah, what? That's what I said when I read it. I was like, what, Jesus? Why would I, why would I want to throw a mountain into the sea? You know, on the journey they were on, they believed that there was a giant mountain right in their vicinity. And Jesus is taking them on this journey. It's a private teaching moment of going, you could grab this mountain right in front of you. Massive, look how big it is. It's huge. You could, you could cast it, you could move it like that if you have faith. And what I think Jesus is pointing out here is it's not the practical of going, I'm going to go try and find a mountain. I'm going to go to Bluff Knoll and be like, come on. I'm going to pray, try and move it. The reality is no man is picking up a mountain and moving it, are they? Like none of us are going and finding the biggest hill we can find and be like. Jesus is saying the key to faith is that we would believe for things that go far beyond what a man could do by themselves, what a person could do by themselves, what we as human beings could do on our own. If I did a little kind of prayer check or faith check in my life and went through the, the list of things I, I believe God for, do you know sometimes, actually maybe quite often in my life, they're just things that maybe I, like I'd like to see happen, like it would just be, be cool, like could, God, could you do this for me? Or, you know, I really, you know, I, 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 you know, I would love a promotion in my, in my job maybe, maybe that's you today, like I, I could do like more in my job. So I'm not sure how to open. So God, could you just open that door for me? Once I get there, I'm pretty sure I can do it. But Lord, you know, my, my finances are tight. Could you provide me some more finances? So I can just, you know, do more. You know, have more, do more. None, none of these things are always wrong. But sometimes our faith is just a, a nice request list from God for things that we, we want, that we could use, that we could do in human strength. What Jesus is pointing out here is actually... Faith can take you to go far beyond what any human being could do on their own. The things that we should believe for should go far beyond human belief. Like you could cast this mountain into the sea. You could move it. You could shift it if you had faith. If you had faith, you could do far more than you could do on your own. But then he adds a little clause here. He says, if you have faith and you do not doubt. To me, often faith, is, faith and doubt are obviously completely opposite. So I wouldn't think, oh, if I had faith. But how often am I, in my prayer life do I pray, but then I don't really expect that it will happen? Like, Jesus, could you do this in my life? Or could this happen? Or could you make a way for this? Or, Lord, I just, I, wanna, I want opportunities to, to see you move in my life and do things, but oh, I'm not sure that will really happen to me like doubt begins to, to creep in. And see, the problem with a, a, a lot of these leaders is that there, there's, there's a lot of doing, there's a lot of faithfulness to the learnings of the word and, 
what is going on. And even the people that recognize Jesus, there's this, there's this belief in him that he can do miraculous things because they see it, because they see him do it. They know that if someone brought a sick person to Jesus, it's likely that he would heal them. Why? Because they've seen it happen. But there is often doubt. Who does this Jesus think he is? Isn't he just a carpenter's son? How dare you, how dare you quote scripture like that? Only God could do that. And so where they see these great things happen that should be building faith in them and, and allowing them to connect with Jesus and, and see fruit in their life that goes way beyond what any person could do, doubt creeps in. Doubt creeps in. They doubt him. And they miss so often what Jesus has for them. There's the, the famous scripture in Matthew where, you know, he, they say that to him, like, you're just a carpenter's son. And what is it? Like, Jesus couldn't do anything. He just, like, healed a few, says he healed a few sick people and left. Like, that's still pretty good. But because of the doubt of the people around him, they weren't open for him to move. So what did he do? He moved on. And Jesus, by pointing out this thing in the fig tree, is not really anything to do with being mad at a fig tree or mad at the t- There's this whole picture in, in, in Matthew 21 of, of all of these things happening. People praising Jesus because of what he's done and what he can do. And blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then he, he comes in and, and sees the temple. He wants to clear it out. And then he has this moment with the disciples, with the fig tree. And then there's more public teachings and parables. He's, he's on this journey of trying to engage them in their faith. You know, the other one that, that he says here is, if you believe, like the doubt, they miss what God has because of their lack of belief. You know, once again, we, we, we live in a little bit of a world where, you know, there's a little bit of I'll believe it when I see it kind of attitude. Like, oh, I'll believe that when I see it, you know, like... These people that had the, the privilege of, of, of living in the same time of Jesus saw a lot of miraculous things. And when you read the, the Bible with, with knowing the whole story, you can look at these guys and go, how did, they, how did they miss that? But they would often believe when they would see a miracle, wouldn't they? Like, oh, you show us another miraculous sign. Jesus, like, I don't want to show you another miraculous sign. Why? Because it's not going to help you believe. The reality about this whole, you know, if you, if you believe it when you see it, is not ask for whatever you want. Lord, could I have a brand new car? Sure, you ask for it, you believe for it, you can have it. it, it it's not just give your best request to God and he'll give you the best life possible if you believe that he'll do it. Believe and you receive is actually about following Jesus no matter what. Trusting in the plan. The fact that actually his plans might override my plans. That in the journey that might not go my way, but there's a belief in who Jesus is. That's ground out of this faith and, and not, not doubting, but there's this, I just believe in who he is. And so I'm just going to walk faithfully. You know, how often do the, the crowds turn on Jesus when it just doesn't go their way? Obviously, that's how he gets led to the cross. They just get to a point where they're like, this is, this is not what we're signing up for. And they turn on Jesus. Because all that they received was not enough to create belief. And I love that picture of it being hardest kind of when you're in the middle. You think about the journey across, when the people are journeying across the Red Sea. They're, they're, they're leaving Egypt. And the seas part, what amazing picture that would be as a seas part. We're out of here, let's go. But then there'd be the point where you get about halfway. And you're kind of looking and you're like, it's still parted, but we're kind of stuck in the, the middle here. And then they're coming up. It's always hardest when you're in the middle. 
And so we can be on this journey of faith and we can, we can sometimes see God do great things in our lives. We can see things happen that go far beyond what we want. We can sometimes overcome doubt, but then when it doesn't go our way, often there can be this, no, I'm not sure, I, I, I don't sure I believe in this anymore. And when we do that, we're gonna fail to receive what he has for us. We can't wait till we see it to believe for it. And when you see these contrasts, you can see where people miss who Jesus is. They miss what he has for them. Often they miss his presence around them because he just leaves because there's lack of faith. There's doubt. There's the, I'll, I'll, I'll believe in you if you show me another miracle. You know, we don't just serve a miracle deliverer. We're on a journey of faith with Jesus. And this story of the fig tree is exactly where this comes from. He's saying, see, can't you see what's happening here? There are so many people with all these leaves around their, their tree, but it's not fruit. The leaves are, you know, I think a, a tree would, I got like, I don't have a tree. My neighbors have a lemon tree. It encroaches on my yard. So now I have lemons. It's awesome. I do nothing for the tree. They just drop. And then I try and beat my dog to them. And he doesn't even like them, but he still bites them. Anyway, I digress. But a fruit tree would look pretty weird without any leaves. Like it was just dead sticks with fruit. I don't know if I'd trust that tree. So leaves aren't necessarily bad. I don't think I'm approaching a fruit tree that's got no leaves, that looks gangly. I'm like, that, that, that could possibly have some dodgy fruit on it, you know? And I'm not a fruit expert or a plant expert at all. So it would take a lot for me to trust a tree with no leaves. But the reality is the leaves aren't all bad. Jesus approached the fig tree because it had what? Leaves. It had signs of life. It had signs of things going on. Having leaves isn't bad. But what we don't want to be is a tree that's just got all leaves and no fruit. And Jesus is saying there's plenty of people around with leaves, but if you want fruit, this is what you've got to do. You've got to have faith. You've got to not doubt. And you've got to believe. And if you believe, you're what you receive. If you believe, you might not get exactly what you want. You might not get that new car. I'm sorry to break it to you. I'm still waiting. No. But what you will get is the very best of what Jesus has for your life. You know what? The disciples, many times along the journey, Jesus asks them if they want to go. When the crowds leave, when people turn, like, do you want to go too? You know what? They always choose to, to stick around. You know what? They didn't get the whole picture. You know, the cross becomes confusing. There's all these things that go on. But you know what? It's their belief that kept them with Jesus. Where else would I go? You know, there's all these moments where belief, before they receive anything, keeps them on the journey. We've got to be people who believe. And as I believe, you know, and as we do believe, I know in my life, as I just hold on, even sometimes when it's not going the way I want it to, it's funny how you can look back and see where Jesus was at work in those situations. Sometimes when there were things I was like, this is just not, like, where is this even going? And you turn around, you can see where Jesus has been at work. Got to have faith, got to not doubt, and we've got to believe. You know, a little bit further down in, in Matthew 21, in 28, he, he's, back with the, he's back with the people, back with the crowd, and he says this. He says, what do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. 
But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what the father wanted? The first, they answered. Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to show you the way of righteousness and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. You know, Jesus goes from a, a pretty private setting with the disciples with the fig tree, showing them this, this illustration and this story. And then he's, he's with a wider crowd of, of religious leaders and people. And he kind of almost illustrates the same thing. Say there were two sons and I find this with my two kids often. I actually ask one of them to do something and they're like, nah, and they go off and then... The other one says, yeah, I'll do it. I'll clean my room, Dad, no worries. And then you come back and the other kid's clean their room and the other one hasn't. Which one am I happy with? I'm not sure because the one gave me sass in the first place. But then did what I asked. The other one just said it so that I wouldn't write them and then they're off. I assume their room's clean. It's not. You know, this, this is the picture. Like, yeah, Dad, I'll go work in the vineyard. Actually, nah, I'm not going to go. I got distracted. I changed my mind. The other son's like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Not today. I'm busy. Sorry, Dad, see ya. He's like, oh, maybe I should do that. Maybe it's fear of consequence. Maybe it's like, nope, I, I, I should do the right thing. Or there's a change of heart there, isn't there? And he goes and does it. And, you know, the, the, the principle that I draw out of this is so similar to the fruit tree, really. But it's this, it's that performance trumps promise. That you can have all the promise in the world, you can have all the good intentions in the world, you can know the right words to say, you can, you can do all the right things. You can say it all, but the reality is if you don't live out these principles, we're a little bit like the son that says, yeah, I'll, I'll follow you, Lord, I'll believe, I'll do these things, I'll have faith, I'll... But then we don't back it up with our actions. And this is not performance as in like being great. It's not performance as in eliteness or, or being the greatest. It's, it, performance is in, it's in what we do. It's, what, it's, it's how we go about things. And you can have all the promise in the world and we can have all the good intentions in the world and we can do, I'll start tomorrow and Lord, I'll just, give, just give me a bit longer or if you could just deliver this, then I'll follow you. What I love about this, this parable is it doesn't matter where you start from. It doesn't matter where you are on the journey. It doesn't, he, he, he refers to the people that would be judged the harshest in tax collectors. And, and he's like, these people are actually going to get it before you. Why? Because they didn't get it, but now they're beginning to understand it and actually just beginning to do it. Their performance, their actions are actually beginning to demonstrate what it looks like to enter the kingdom of heaven. But you guys are still just stuck on the leaves. You're stuck on the leaves. And you're going to miss. Miss the kingdom of heaven is what he's talking about in this parable. And it seems so harsh, but you know what? These are the people that were meant to be having the fruit. They've got the leafy trees. And he's like, man, the people with no leaves are going to get this before you do. And it can come across like harsh teaching, but I think Jesus is trying to show how important it is to cultivate spiritual fruit in our lives so that we don't miss what he has for us. I'm going to invite the, the team back up. There's this, this quote here that I, I read around this whole chapter 21 this week, and it says, says this. It says, Jesus will, and, and, and it's a little bit harsh language, but it says, Jesus will judge those who put on a show of worship and obedience, 
while revealing their true character through a lack of fruit. You know, as I read that, I felt incredibly convicted about my life and the words that I use and the things that I do and the prayers that I pray. And not because I'm worried about being judged by Christ. That's, that's not, the, I'm not worried about him coming out and like, or missing the kingdom of heaven. But what, what I see out of this is I, I don't want the things that I do to lead to no spiritual fruit. And so to me, if Jesus isn't in it, I don't want any part of it. That if it doesn't take faith, I don't want any part of it. That if it can't be something that I can't do on my own, the things I'm aspiring for Christ, why would I want any part of that? Because they're leaves. And some of that stuff is good. But what I want at the end of the day, I I want fruit. Maybe not figs. Maybe oranges or something. But the reality is in my life, I want to grow fruit. I want to be able to look back and see where Jesus worked in my life to a point where I'm like, I look and go, I couldn't have done that on my own. I want the promise of the difficult times that I go through that actually Jesus is at work in those times as well. And it's not wasted time. It's maybe not some withered up leaves, but there's fruit growing even through the difficult times. Even through the seasons where fruit doesn't grow, we know fruit is seasonal even through the seasons where it feels like there's no growth taking place, that the way that I would live my life would act out that I'm believing before there's anything to be received. That I don't just serve Christ in my life, that we don't as followers of Christ just serve Him so that we can get stuff, so I can get a better life. I don't just come to church on Sunday so I can feel better than what I walked in. But actually it's equipping me to live out a life of So that when I get to Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, the things that I do will start to cultivate fruit that will grow. That as Christ inspects my life as I ask Him to. You know, often at the end of my day, one of the things I want to do is kind of ask, like reflect on, Jesus, where were you at work in my life today? I can get pretty good at getting up and praying the prayer real quick. Lord, work through me today. But sometimes it's great just to reflect at the end and go, what were the things that I did that were just for me today? Where were the things that maybe I missed the mark today? Well, Jesus, you wouldn't have been happy about that because it's not going to be a great reflection of who you are. Lord, help me change that. And Lord, where, are you, where is the fruit growing in my life? It's a real simple picture just to kind of stop and reflect and see where Christ is at work in your life. You know, in reality, if, if Jesus was, was harsh on us like he was the fig tree, he would just curse us, wouldn't he? Just sure he would have done that to me a long time ago. This kid's no, like, you're never going to get it. But you know what? He, he, he puts these teachings in front of us so that we can see it clearly what he wants for our lives. And sometimes it can come across a bit tough. Like Jesus is a bit tough, but like any parent with their kids, they want what's best for them. And sometimes that's laying out the truth in front to go, truth in love, truth to help us grow in the things that He has for us. And so my questions for us today, as we leave out of here, is really that performance is what is going to produce our fruit. And that comes out of the core ways that we live our life. And so my, my, my thoughts for us this morning on Harry Flake is how is your faith going in your life? your belief in what Christ wants to do, your belief in what He can do. Do you truly believe that He can do more in your life than what you could do on your own? Are you partnered with Him to do that today? And if you're not, maybe you can say a simple prayer, Lord, just help me grow in my faith.
Maybe like me at times, you have great expectations of what God can do, but get, doubt gets in the way. Can he really do that? Maybe it takes a little bit longer than what I hoped it would take, you know? This seems like a great idea, Lord. I have great faith to see you move and do it, but it's taking just a little bit longer than what I would like. So maybe you're not in it and doubt creeps in. And instead of believing in faith and asking in faith and living out in faith, there's this like I'm going to shrink back because there's doubt. It can be really easy to, to jump on board with what Jesus is doing when it feels good and it feels right and good things are happening. But doubt wants to rub that away. And so maybe for you, it's a prayer against doubt. It's a prayer to say, Lord, just, just help my faith stay strong and not doubt you. To hold on and believe what you have. And maybe this morning for you, it's maybe you feel like you're just in that middle ground. You know there's promises of God that you're, you're looking to receive and you want Him to, to move and you want to see this fruit grow, but maybe it feels like to you it's not fruit season. I want to encourage you to hold on to the promises of God in your life. Hold on to the things that you have faith for and continue to walk forward into what He has. To continue to believe that His promises are yes and amen, that His plans are good, that His desire for your life, where He's leading you and where He's guiding you as you follow Him are good. And whilst it might be a difficult season, that growth season is on the way that fruit season is on the way. And if you continue to grow in the things that He has for you, fruit will grow. I love that picture of Jesus pointing out the people that despise the most saying, you're going to get it. Because I love that that picture is that we don't have to have it all together. We don't actually know, have to know all the lingo. We don't have to be perfect in our actions. We don't have to have it all together in order to receive what Jesus has for us. You know, it's not about having to be inside a circle and being stuck there and going, oh, I'm in, now I can get it. It's about simply walking and going, Jesus, I just want to walk with you. And as you do that, He doesn't mind which part of the journey you're on. He wants to walk that journey with you. And so wherever you are, wherever your faith journey is, I want to encourage you today to take that step closer to Christ to ask that question about where He can be at work in your life, to not miss what He has for your life. That we would be more than people with just leafy green lives that look good from the distance, that might look like we have it all together from afar, that might look like all the other trees around us is full of leaves. But actually, as we look closer, that there would be fruit growing, that God is growing and cultivating in our lives. And so I was going to invite us to, to stand this morning. I'd love to just pray. And the team are, are just going to lead us in a, in a bit of a song and love that to be a chance to just, give ourselves over to, to Jesus anew, to recognize His power and His goodness and His greatness and His love for us. That as we walk out of here, we would walk out with a little bit more faith and belief for what He could do in our lives. That belief that He wants way more for us than we could ever imagine for ourselves. That the fruit that He wants to cultivate and grow in your life, where you put your feet tomorrow, where you go in your homes, would be far 
more abundant than what you could ever dream up for yourself. That we've just got to hold true and walk in it. Day after day. Being faithful to who He is and what He's up to in His life. And so I'd love to pray for us as a whole, but particularly just feel cold this morning. For anyone who feels like you're stuck in a little bit of that middle ground, that you just need a little bit more of that ability and faith just to believe it. Maybe you feel like it's not fruit season for you, but you want to continue to to cultivate and grow in your, your faith so that when it is, it grows. And it might be a bit difficult and seem a bit stretching right now. But I'd love to pray that God would continue just to be at work in your life. You would continue to see Him move. That there would be a belief in you to receive all that He has for you. And as you, while our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, I just encourage you to, to maybe open out your hands if that's you. Or you can, you can lift them up as a sign of surrender to say, Lord, I, I don't know all the answers and I don't have it all together. But Lord, I want you to continue to move in my life. Lord, I want you to grow fruit in my life. Lord, where the tree has been fruitless and there's just been leaves or maybe you feel like there's only just a few leaves even in your life. Lord, would you come and move in my heart today to hold on and believe for what you have for my future. Lord, I thank you for for each person here. Lord, firstly, for each person with their hands raised. Lord, may you give them the persistence they need, the faith they need to believe in what you have for them. Lord, for us as a a tribe here at True North, those that call True North home that are a part of this church, Lord, as we leave here, may we grow fruit in our Monday to Friday. Lord, in everywhere we place our feet, may you be at work. May we have the faith to believe that you could do far more with our lives than we could ever ask or imagine. And Lord, may we not doubt you. May doubt not rob away from our faith. And Lord, may we be persistent to believe that you're at work at all times, even when it doesn't feel it. And so Lord, as we begin to sing this song and and worship you and declare truth about you, Lord, may this set in our hearts. May we recognize your power and authority, Lord, that there is nothing that rivals you. And so Lord, may we let nothing get in the way this week of what you wanna do in our lives. Lord, we give you all the honor, all the praise, all the glory. Amen.